This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. And today, as you can see, if you're watching this, I'm sitting with Sonia Looney. Sonia, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You're setting up in Canada. I'm sitting just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. So it's uh, amazing what technology can do, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're so lucky to live in the age of the internet and the ability to just be able to reach so many people and find anything that we want online. That's right. It is amazing. So I am sitting with Sonia, not physically, uh, but you are the world champion endurance biker. So that is a big deal. Uh, We look forward to talking about that today. But just like on every show, Sonia, I like to start out with you don't just wake up a world champion uh, endurance biker. Uh, So what has helped made you the woman you are today? I would say persistence and hard work. Uh, I learned that actually from my my parents whenever I was in school, and they taught me that if I worked hard at something, I would be successful. And I think the biggest problem uh, right now is is patience. And in our society, we celebrate instant success. Yeah. And in fact, I, I saw um, it was another podcast I listened to. They had, as a subject line of their email, they said someone became an Olympian in five years, like from nothing to Olympian in five years. I'm like, we're always Hmm. talking about these stories of people who, and I mean, five years might seem like a long time, but as a professional athlete, that's really not very long. So um, making sure that, yeah, the runway is long. And even though you're world champion once doesn't mean you're going to continually be world champion. So that's only for a snippet of time. So just being committed to loving the work that you do and uh, always evolving so that you stay in love with that process, I think is really the key to being successful in anything you want. And talk to our listeners that may not know what a, a world uh, champion bike endurance biker is. What, what, what's that look like? What's that, what's that trail? What's the mountain? What's it look like to be an endurance biker? Right. So many times when people hear mountain biking, they think of the Red Bull rampage where people are like jumping off right. these cliffs Uh, that's not what I do. So imagine like a really long hike or ultra running course, like a a long hiking trail, um, up and down through mountain ranges. That's pretty much what I do. Uh, it's pretty awesome because if you're a runner or hiker, you don't get to cover as much distance as you would as if you were on a mountain bike. So you really get to see so much. And for me, the, the number one reason I love doing it is because I love adventure and, as an endurance athlete, you don't really like, uh, there's other distances and other disciplines within mountain biking yeah. where that's like ride around in circles, like on like a two mile track. But yeah. a lot of endurance mountain biking, like you can do like 50 mile, hundred mile, seven day race. Like there's all these different options and the community, you just find your people and it's a really great place to be. 
That's awesome. It's funny because I just got done recording with Jennifer Farr Davis and she is the, uh, she set the record, the world record for the Appalachian Trail, right? Mm -hmm. From Georgia up to Maine. And so it's neat. Now I'm getting to talk to you. I'm learning all sorts of stuff today from this (laughs) stuff that I've never personally done. And and I I think it's fascinating because if you think about it, you're, you're on a bike, right? So there's two wheels and you've got these rocks and you've got all these things you've got to go over and you've got to have uh, a kind of a mindset that we can't think about crashing and obviously you do crash, but all those things. So walk us through and walk our listeners through how do you get through some of the most difficult terrains and yet you're so prepared for it that you pull it off and become the world champ? Well, to be honest, first and foremost, I'll openly admit that sometimes I walk stuff and a lot of professional athletes don't like admitting to that, but we're all human beings. So yeah. if you're a new mountain biker or you've been mountain biking for 15, 20 years, there's always going to be something if you're challenging yourself that might be where you feel like you have to get off and walk. There's also days where you might just be completely off and off your game. And sometimes it's better to opt for uh, uh, taking the safe route. Um, there's other days where you feel amazing and your brain, like a lot of times people think mountain biking or or endurance sports are all physical, Um, but especially sports where there's a technical aspect, there's mental fatigue involved with that. So like if you show up to a a race or an event or just even your favorite trail and your brain is tired, like your reactions might be slower. You might not be able to make decisions as as fast as you normally do. So making sure that your brain is rested uh, before you start taking on really technical challenges is really important. Number two, training. Um, you don't just all yeah. of a sudden try rocks and, and, and ride down these like crazy steep things. It's, it's like anything. It's like if you're trying to shoot a three-pointer in basketball, you're not going to just start trying to shoot from the three-point line. Like you're going to learn the technique of how do I throw a ball and get closer to the hoop. And then yeah. you get better and better. You start taking on bigger challenges. So uh, whenever you're doing a mountain bike race, it's getting confident, riding new trails, riding it. Cause a lot of times you don't get to see the trail beforehand, um, riding lots of different terrain and getting confident with your ability and having technical, um, and skill building be a part of your training, not just something you do on race day. Yeah. So how, how important is the mental side versus the physical side? You mentioned it a little bit ago, but when you think of it, is it not that there's some percentage ratio, but how important is it? I mean, at the top, Everybody works hard. Everybody's fast. Yep. But I think that it's your your mental uh, agility and your ability to overcome setbacks that happen or lack of self belief and be able to keep going despite those things. Uh, that's what makes a true champion. It's not just being fast and fit and and working hard because everybody at the top is doing right. that. Yeah. It's have you actually put yourself in situations where you've had to really look at yourself and say, why am I doing this? Or, um, what if, what if you're just not the best that day? That's another thing. Like a lot of times people go to an event or if they are, if they show early promise in, in the, as an athlete, they have really high expectations of themselves because other people do as well. Yeah. So how are you going to gracefully not win? And because you're not going to win every single time. And, yeah. and how are you going to get hungrier to work harder whenever you're not winning? I think it's funny. You just said high expectations. I was in a consulting meeting today with, with some clients and I talked about the gift of high expectations. And I, I truly believe it is a gift. So as a leader of an organization, uh, but also probably there's people that look up to you and now you have to give the gift of high expectations to that next generation of riders uh, in your world. But how important are high expectations for ourselves? 
I think it's really indep- uh, independent. It's, it's, it's uh, to the individual. I actually talk about the tyranny of high expectations hmm. because where are those expectations coming from? Like if you're trying to live up to your own expectation of yourself, I think that can be really positive. But if you're trying to live up to what somebody else's expectation is of you and you start doing things you're not passionate about or maybe even doing things in a not so ethical way, um, those expectations can be crushing. So making sure that you're doing them and that you're setting goals and having expectations for the right reasons, I think is the best way to have expectations. There's another challenge with expectations. A lot of times people will compare themselves either to the top of like somebody else's results and other times we compare ourselves to our best. And so if I look at myself and say, well, four years ago I was this fast because I was doing X, Y, Z. Well, you can also look at your life and say, well, I may not be doing the same things in my life. I might have like more things going on. I might have kids now. So if I'm comparing myself to the best version of myself, yes, that's a good place to start. But do you have the same amount of energy and time to dedicate to those goals? So setting reasonable goals, I think is a a really important part of having high expectations. Um, that's a great point. I mean, cause your life certainly changes and, 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 you know, like you said, if you're a parent now and you, you can't sit there and train 10 hours a day, well, you probably shouldn't have the same expectations, right? Yeah. It's so, just setting realistic ones and, and for the right reasons. That's right. So, um, talk to us about how you find your passions every day. I mean, you guys, again, to be at the top of the game that you're in you, and again, not every day, you just want to get up and do it every day. So how do you find your passion? How do you dig deep to make things happen? I think that, uh, finding why you have that passion, asking yourself why is the most important thing. And I've been racing mountain bikes for 15, 16 years and that's a really long career. And for me, um, it used to be my passion was trying to get as fast as I can because I wanted to prove to people that I was good so that people would love me. And that was the, it's not the right reason to be pursuing something, but especially a lot of achievers, they're trying to prove that they're good enough. And I'm in that boat. Um, but over time I've, I've spent a lot of time looking inward and saying, okay, well I've achieved everything that I've wanted to achieve in my sport, which is really unbelievable. And I'm so fortunate. So what's left? Well, at the end of the day, the thing that means the most to me is actually not winning another race. And I'm extremely competitive and I love to race and put everything out there. But for me, it's being able to tell stories and help other people find their passion and give them the whatever they need so that they can feel confident enough to go for what their dreams are. Because the pursuit of your dream and the pursuit of something you care about changes who you are as a person and you learn way more about yourself than you would have had you not even tried and you may never even reach that dream, but that doesn't even matter. What matters is that you actually tried and that you learned a lot of things along the way. So that's, that's that's where my passion comes from. It's, it's really trying new things, not letting myself off the hook and always putting myself outside my comfort zone, whether it be in starting businesses, whether it be in speaking, whether it be in, in trying new races or a different type of racing and making sure that you're always trying to grow. Um, stagnation, I think that's the biggest thing I'm afraid of. And I think that stagnation is the thing that makes us bored in our lives. So finding ways to, to just reinvent yourself or just finding ways to be a little bit better every day will help you stay passionate. Yeah, I like that. So uh, you're also very passionate about your, uh, your nutrition, right? So I think what uh, plant-based, right? So very uh, good plant-based diet. And, and so talk to us about that. Because again, as we 
I'm not putting you in this category. This is me as, as, as we age and I get into my forties now and, and it's like, you know, I have to eat differently than I did say 10 years ago. I could eat anything I wanted. Right. And so, um, but, but nutrition is very important if we want to stay at the top of our game in the business world or the, you know, endurance biking world as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nutrition is especially important if you want to live a healthy life and, and age, um, in a healthy way. So for me, I've been eating a plant-based diet. So what that means is avoiding processed foods. It means eating as many eating from plant sources. So whole grains, legumes, tempeh tofu, veggies, fruits, um, things like that. I changed my diet about six and a half years ago, not because I was looking for a boost in athletic performance, but I had I had a really strong fear of getting cancer or heart disease or dying prematurely from a disease and that because I, I love life and I, I've right. seen people suffer and I just didn't want that to happen to me. So I saw this was like kind of early in the days of the Netflix documentaries, but oh, yeah. I watched called Forks Over Knives and it actually said that you can reverse diseases with a whole foods plant-based diet and you can live to be healthy at a hundred and it's never too late to start. And I could go on and on, so I, I won't, but. <laughs> well, no, I want, I want to dig into that. So, cause I hear that stuff too. And it, it sounds great. It, it makes sense. Clearly I don't want to have those things as well. My wife mm-hmm. and I, we have a foundation for cancer. We've, we've seen loved ones, family members, friends, all affected by that, but that's not easy to do to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to start eating fruits and veggies and, and beans and all this stuff, you know, for the rest of my life. And so how do you do that? I mean, how do you just change that commitment uh, to stick to it? I got a lot of questions. I'm going to fire at you about this one. Great. That's great. So number one, I think you have to want to, and you have to believe that the foods that you're going to start eating are actually going to help you. Cause I think a lot of times the motivation is, is for the wrong reasons, or maybe you don't actually believe that it's going to work. Or maybe you just set unrealistic goals for yourself uh, with changing your diet. So some people are all or none personalities and they need to throw everything out and start over uh, the next day. Some people need to gradually phase things out. And I was in that category because I changed my diet in the middle of my race season. So I, and, and, who, and there wasn't much information about athletes back then. So I wanted to make sure that I was going to be getting enough nutrients Yep. Um, protein enough, all those things so that I could continue su- succeeding at hundred mile mountain bike racing. Right. Uh, so I, I said, okay, well, you know, two to three meals a day, I'll eat plant-based and one meal a day. I'll just eat like the regular foods that I've been eating. And if I want to, I'll just start phasing that out. Hmm. Now, I also think that, uh, a lot of people think, well, I have to go hundred percent plant-based or I'm just not going to do it at all. Right. You don't actually have to do that. Like it's, it's better. Like the more, the more plant-based you can get that you're going to be healthier. But if you can just change out a few meals a day or a few meals a week, or just maybe like you're used to eating like chicken and, and whatever, like add in more vegetables. So just add in more healthy legumes, whole grains, meaning like brown rice, quinoa, things like that, that yep. don't come from processed flour. Just add those things in and you'll be healthier. But if you want to achieve your um, top health, definitely go 100% plant-based and be a part of a group. Like it's hard to do it by yourself. And my husband's plant-based and he's the one who introduced me to that uh, lifestyle. So it made it a lot easier to have that support. Yeah. When you got a partner in crime, that's easy to do. So walk me through this. So you go last Friday night, uh, this is in my world, but we're going to say it's your world now. 
you go to some friend's house and it's the night before your triathlon. It's a short triathlon. So I wasn't that worried about it, but you still got to do a triathlon the next day. And they have, you know, like uh, a pizza, they have pizza and like, you know, water and beer and all that kind of stuff there at the house. Right. So, so what is Sonia going to eat? I'll tell you what I did. I, I had a couple pieces of pizza and a couple beers and I went home and got a good night's sleep. Right. But so what are you doing though? in those examples, uh, things like that, cause we have friends, we hang out, right. You do that stuff and not everybody's going to do it. So what are you doing at those type of events? The funny thing is, uh, okay. So first what you would do is say, Hey, I'm going to bring something to share. Uh, so make okay. something delicious and plant-based. That's a crowd pleaser and bring it. And it's funny because what happens is everybody wants to eat your food and they don't want to eat like the other stuff. And then, so make sure you bring a lot because people might eat all your food and then you have nothing left. Right. So yeah, bring something to share. And then people like get intrigued because a lot of times I think people don't want to change the plant-based because they think the food's not going to be very good or they think they're yeah. not going to feel full. But there's actually so many amazing, like you can still eat pasta. You can still eat like pizza. You just have to change the way you make it. So bring okay. your own. And then you're guaranteed to have something that's going to nourish you and make you feel good. Um, and then you're also going to get to share with people. So yeah, yeah uh, it's the, the interesting thing about food is that food is, it's a very um, community based thing. So if you are the weird one that changes your diet and now you're like at the dinner table and everyone's ordering and you're like the vegan at the table, it can be really uncomfortable. So yeah, having someone to do with, and then also realizing that your choices might inspire people to be better and, and saying that that's okay. So what about uh, beer? Are you having beer, alcohol, wine? You doing any of that kind of yeah, stuff? That, that stuff's plant based. I mean, I don't drink a ton of it, but I really love wine. Uh, one of my, my title sponsor is Michael David winery. They're a winery out of Lodi, California. Um, yeah, I like a, I like a few glasses of wine per week or if I'm celebrating, um, of course it's better not to drink. Of course, we all know that, but if you can limit your intake, sure. I, I like that stuff. Awesome. Uh, so talk about all your right. belief system. I mean, so obviously to be successful, to be an athlete, at the top of your game, you got to have a belief system. What are those beliefs that you have right now that are you know, to your core? Uh, number one, I believe in a growth mindset. So I believe that your ability is not fixed and that you can, if you work hard at something, you can improve at it no matter what it is. Um, I also believe that it's important to check in with yourself and ask yourself why you're doing something and that it's okay to continue to evolve in what you're doing. I think that that's a really positive way to view um, – healthy competition and it makes everybody better. That's right. So actions, I mean, you obviously have to take action. We can have all these great, you know, this great attitude, this great belief system, all these things. But if we don't take action, meaning you don't get up every morning and you know, eat well and exercise and go practice and go do the things that you got to do. And some of the things you've already mentioned, uh, nothing happens. So what's your action? What are your habits? What are your routines? What are the no miss items uh, for Sonia Looney? It's funny, uh, there's a lot of focus on the morning routine or your daily routine, and I actually don't really have a really strong like set routine. Uh, for me, that feels hard because I have so many moving pieces, but non-negotiables for me are getting eight hours of sleep per night. It's non absolutely non-negotiable. Um, number two, eating as healthy as I can, um, as, as I cook at home as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, number three, riding my bike or some form of movement. So if you don't like riding a bike, that's cool. Just move your body every day. Right. Um, and number four is listening, reading, doing something that is helping me learn something new every single day. And 
but those things, they set me up for being able to um, be my best on the bike, uh, be as creative as I can, be able to reach out to somebody. And, and also gratitude, making sure that, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just throughout your day, like appreciating little things. Like today, I appreciated how light it was because it was so sunny today. Like that's really right. basic. But right. if you do that all day, every day, like you actually start scanning for all these positive things instead of scanning for the negative. That's right. So what's the weather like up there in Canada right now? Today, it's nice and sunny. It, it's tough here in the winter because well, I moved here. I was living in Boulder, Colorado for eight years, and I grew up in New Mexico where it's sunny all the time. And then when I moved here, it's like really cloudy here in the winter, and you can't ride outside. So, so you call that winter already, huh? Oh, this is, sun, this is summer here, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but in the winter, Wait it's really hard because yeah. you, can't, you can't ride your bike outside. So I spend my entire winter training in my garage. Ooh. and it's it's almost never sunny so that was a big adjustment when i moved here so the sun is something that i appreciate even more than i ever have yeah so when you get it out of that window over there behind you then you got to just take it in while you can right that's right so talk to us you said something about uh you know listening and and you know reading and all that stuff too but you have the sonia looney show so your podcast tell us a little bit about that so yeah, my podcast has been going for about two and a half years and it's about mindset, plant-based nutrition and inspiring stories. And it's been really awesome. I mean, it used to be that like, I also am a, write, a writer. So it used to be like people said, oh, I love your articles. I love your blog. I love this. And then it used to be, oh, I, I love your Facebook. And then it was, I love right. your Instagram. And now it's like, I love your podcast. And the amazing thing about podcasts, and I mean, the listeners get it, you get it, is you really do get to make a huge impact on in people's lives. Yeah. And whenever you're listening to a podcast, you often are paying attention more than you would when you're skimming an article online or scrolling through social media. Right. The potential to really change somebody and really help somebody in a hugely positive way. Like that is what my number one goal is. So that's been awesome. And then I'm sure as you can relate, like you get to sit down as the host and talk to people that you find inspiring all the time. So not right. only are you able to share all of this amazing information with people to help them be better, but you get to get better every day yep. too. Yep. I could not agree more. I jokingly call it my weekly therapy, right? I mean, you yeah. sit down and you get to hear from these people. It's amazing. I mean, you've had some amazing people on your show. I've had amazing people on mine. And it's just, it's also cool when you, you see the world. I think it makes the world a smaller place, right? Here I am talking to somebody in Canada and yet, we don't know each other. We connect on social media. It's a couple messages go through and next thing, boom, here we are on a, on a video call and we're sharing and, and trying to love on our listeners and, and give back. It's just amazing. And I think in some ways it also makes the world a bigger place too, because it's so easy to get so zeroed in and focused whenever you are doing something really specific. Like for me, it's like my whole world is I'm a pro mountain biker, but right. there's like a billion other sports out there or like, and sports is just one tiny part of, of what true. we do in life. Yeah. So for me, it's humbling, but it's also really exciting to think, wow, like there is so much we can do in our lives. We have so much opportunity. Yeah. Um, if you get bored doing one thing, there are so many other choices that you could choose to go after. So yeah. I, I think that's really exciting too. I think some of the biggest learning, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is but like you just said, it, and I agree, it is a bigger world in that sense as you've got, you know, to the Appalachian Trail uh, Jennifer Farr Davis, who I had just a little bit ago, to you, uh, a mountain bike, uh, professional mountain biker, to I've had the founder of Lululemon, some professional baseball players, like all these people, right? Yeah. But yet, the things you mentioned earlier are what everybody is mentioning as well, right? It's the number of hours of sleep. It's your nutrition. 
It's getting out and making some movement. It's, mm-hmm. it's studying your, and reading books and listening to podcasts. I mean, we're all saying the same thing, right? But in your own different worlds. So there's so many ways to skin the cat. But at the end of the day, it's these fundamentals we got to do every day to be successful. I love that. And it, yeah, and it's doing it in a way that makes sense for you and that inspires right. you. Because yeah. the stuff that I read in love might not be what somebody else thinks is inspiring and vice versa. So yeah, like I think just making sure you're exposed to lots of different things so you can find out what works for you. And you said earlier, too, I agree with that, to what works for you. You're like, I don't have a big morning ritual, but like you see, there's books now and all these people come up morning rituals and you got to do this to be successful or you're screwed, right? Well, it's not that way because here you are at the top of your game and there's no like sacred thing that you have to do every day. Yeah. I think that that also comes from like, actually my master's degree in electrical engineering and I came from a really rigid type of thing where I had to have a school and like go to work and like do all these things. And I burnt out on that so badly and I felt like my creativity was being really boxed in. So having, I mean, some people really need that routine in order to stay on task and get stuff done. Uh, For me, I actually need (laughs) to do less in a day and it's something that was my theme for this year was actually to do less because if you do too much and you're too driven and you have too many things um, that you want to get done, you actually can burn out and I have been on the the bad end of burnout too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think especially being an endurance, you know, I'm not doing a hundred mile bike ride this week, right? So, I mean, for somebody like you, you can burn out a heck of a lot quicker, I would assume, than somebody like me who's got... Uh, I don't have an office job per se, but it, it's definitely easier than going out and riding a you know hundred mile bike ride every week. I actually think it was it's a mental side of things uh, that really burns yeah. you out. It just because I, I have a podcast, I have an apparel company, I, I write, I speak, I manage my own sponsorships, I do all of my own negotiating. Wow. Um, I do social media. I have fa- I have like social media Facebook groups and um, yeah, and then like training and, and traveling as a professional athlete like there's a lot on my plate um and then and then also whenever you have complete control over what you're doing and you know that if you just put in more effort you're going to see more results so you can try and out effort everything and then what you're left with at the end of the day is actually you not feeling inspired and you're feeling sick all the time and like all these things so we can actually you know a lot of people are looking for motivation but there's also people that you know, you can get overly passionate. And there's a great book actually called The Passion Paradox uh, by right. Brad Solberg and Steve Magnus. And it's about the dark side of passion and how um, finding your passion is awesome, yep. but how you have to be able to keep that in check too, because fire uncontrolled can really burn and, and not be good too. But I think that's actually how we connected on social media was from uh, their book, uh, Peak Performance. Oh. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Those guys are just doing such great work. They are. It's amazing. Like, get on their get on their email newsletter. Go to Peak Performance. I think it's .net maybe. Yeah. I also have a um, it's like a monthly free coaching group um, that I've I've joined a couple of times. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, they are. They're doing good stuff. So um, I, I asked this question. You're the second person I'm asking on a podcast now. But my eighth grade and sixth grade, I have four boys. The the two older ones, their teacher asked them this, and I thought it was a great question. And it was. Would you rather be the worst player on the best team or the best player on the worst team? I think um, it depends on how, where I was in my life when you asked me that. Okay. I would say uh, in my early 20s, I probably would have said I would prefer to be the best player on the worst team. But now I would definitely say I would much rather be the worst player on the best team because your potential for growth is so yeah. much better and it's so important to surround yourself with people who are better than you 
um, it's, it's hard sometimes because you might feel like you're behind or you're not good enough, but that is where you can really reap the benefits of, of growth is whenever you are putting yourself in a place where you can get better. That's right. Well, I think too, who you surround yourself with, right? I know that if I'm the worst player on the best team, I'm all in anyway. So therefore I know the people yeah. I'm surrounding myself with, they're definitely all in if I'm the worst player on the team. So then I'm going to surround myself with great people and hopefully it'll raise my game and make me better, right? Yeah, and you'll probably work harder too because you don't want to be the worst player. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you got your uh, Sonia Looney show. We talked about that. Where can our listeners find more of that? Uh, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts okay. or you can go to my website, sonialooney.com and all the things I've talked about, um, anything involving plant-based nutrition. I have a Facebook group and Instagram, like all kinds of stuff. So awesome. uh, yeah, anything you heard or about mindset, there's everything's on my website. Okay. <laughs> and we can find you on uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff through your website as well. Yep. I'm active on basically every social media platform that's out there. So, and I read, I read and respond to every comment and email. So you'll be getting me if you reach out. I can vouch for that because you did. <laughs> Uh, well, it's great having you, Sonia, and uh, love to have you on the Circuit of Success. I got a ton from this and really appreciate what you're doing for the world to make it a better spot. So uh, thanks for everything you're doing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thanks so much to the listeners for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 